This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Visit FocusedCarWash.com for more information. Welcome to The How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner operator and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Okay, good. Thanks for coming to this. This is an experiment here with the Southwest, so we're just going to start these quick talks and uh, see how they go. My, my section is going to be on managing competition, and I know that's a big uh, area of interest for a lot of people. And I'm going to give you some of my perspective, some things I've seen in the industry that's happening, and then give you some ideas on things you can do. I think it's going to be important for us to figure out what do we do with our operations and how do we manage that. So we're in a new brave world, aren't we, with competition and car washing. Things have happened in the last three years, five years that we've not, not seen in a long time, right? We're seeing a great economy and we're seeing quite a bit of money looking to put places. And so people that have money are looking to invest money and car washing tends to, is kind of becoming that funnel right now for a lot of money out there. So where's the money coming from? For the first time in our industry, we're starting to see equity money. We're, we're starting to see what we call institutional money. And institutional money is from uh, private equity groups for people to put together large sums of money in the hundreds of millions of dollars and they're looking to, to figure out how to deploy that. And car washing is becoming one of those areas. We're starting to see family offices. Is everybody familiar with the term family office? So family offices are people that are really rich, like Bill Gates has a family office. So he's trying to figure out how to deploy his billions, hundreds of millions or tens of millions of dollars. Uh, these are typically small investment teams that work directly for the family or the uh, organization, you know, it's typically families, um, families, and they're looking to uh, deploy money. So we're starting to see that come into the, into the market as well. And then we're starting to see investors. So there's some pretty savvy investors that started with one or two car washes, and now they've made enough money and they parlayed that into three car washes, and now they parlayed that into six car washes. And they're growing based on the profits that they're making from the car wash industry. So, you know, you're seeing chains now get developed where Back in the old days, you had two car washes, you were a car wash baron. Now, if you have less than 10, you know, you can't get the chemical guy to come see you anymore, right? So we're starting to see larger and larger chains put together for car washes. Um, and then you're gonna see what I call small investors. So guys like me and, you know, that wanna get into this business, uh, you know, might have had a job somewhere else, is looking to get into a small business. And, uh, you know, the car wash industry is an attractive attractive thing for that. And then there's something else I'm going to call what I call stupid money. Okay, there's stupid money coming into this this industry as well. So these are the guys that are saying, I got to get me some of these car washes, right? They came to your car wash when it was snowing, they saw the long line, and they think you're just printing money. And so these are the guys that think it's a quick, easy buck. All right, so lots of money being deployed right now in this particular industry. So the question is, why are they coming? They're coming for the same reason why you got in the car wash business, right? You might have liked the operational aspect of it. The margins are good. There's no accounts receivables in that particular area, right? So it, it has a tendency. We've done a good job of making this industry look easy to the consumer. And so they think it's easy and they want to get involved in it. 
But there's a lot of things that are attractive about it. Why are banks loaning now in car washes where they might not have done so 10 or 20 years ago? Well, technology's improved. Our ability to be able to track how much money we're making, be able to set up cash controls with point of sale systems that didn't exist 15 or 20 years ago. The exterior express model makes it look easy to invest, right? You've got auto centuries, you can count the money, you don't have to be on site every day making sure that money's getting to the bank. And so these things are attracting a lot of people in the market and banks are becoming more comfortable with it, right? They're, beginning, they're seeing success stories in the car wash industry where before maybe they, they couldn't identify how much money was really being made. And so banks are starting to lend money in this particular area, right? So a lot of these things are happening and that's bringing more and more car washes in, into the market. So we're gonna have competition, friends. And you know what? There's not much we're gonna be able to do about competition. There's two there's things we can do, but if you're gonna get angry about the fact that competition is coming into the market, it's gonna be very difficult for you personally and professionally because competition is coming and we just gotta figure out how to deal with it, all right? So, and I will tell you, there's a lot of people out there that don't like the change. They got into this business because they thought it was gonna be a passive income stream for them. They thought things were gonna be the exact same way that they've always been and that they were gonna be able to ride this out until retirement. And if some people, I don't think any, you know, I'm looking at people that, uh, that are, I'm preaching to the choir here mostly, right? So there's not a lot of people here that are probably in that situation, but there's a lot of people in this industry that still are getting mad. I'm, I'm getting letters right now. I'm, I'm on the board of the ICA. I'm the, I'm the board chair this year. And I see letters from people getting very, very frustrating with the industry because the industry's changing, because people are putting car washes in closer than they ever have. Remember the three to five mile rule that took place, right? That uh, you promise you're not gonna build within three to five miles. Those, 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 uh, those promises don't exist anymore. You're not gonna stop OEMs from selling equipment. You're not gonna stop distributors from building car washes because guess what? If they say, you know what? You shouldn't really build that car wash. You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna go to the next distributor and get that guy to build a car wash. So you're not gonna be able to impede the distributors and OEMs and everybody else from growing this industry. We just gotta figure out what we can do and how we're gonna deal with it. So what can we do? What can we do as, as operators? So I will say, when you first built your first car wash, you, you made an unconscious decision how you were gonna handle and manage that car wash. If you, uh, there's a book out there called The One Degree Difference. Has anyone ever read that book, The One Degree Difference? It talks about doing little things every day Doing, doing something just one degree different, right? And then over time, that builds up into massive success or massive failure. And when you built your car wash, you made that decision. You, you decided, how am I gonna operate this car wash? Now, when you built it, nobody in this room, but let's talk about our friends that are not in the room here, right? They made a decision to maybe skip on land and put it behind another business. And they're not on the main road, but they're behind uh, a business, right? So, so, the access, so the visibility isn't very good. They made a decision to get really good visibility, but you don't have access, right? There's no way for people to figure out where, how, how to get to you. They might have scrimped on equipment. They might have scrimped on the building. They might not have hired good employees. They might have decided not to train people. They might have had a slogan that says, clean, clean, shiny and dry, but you know, at the end of the day, they don't really care about those things. They just care about making sure they get cars in. They're not looking at the quality of the cars that are going through. 
their place is not clean, right? And so they've built this culture over time, and then they get surprised and shocked when somebody builds a car wash one or two miles down the road. I can't tell you how many potential investors go through your car washes. They go through my car washes, and I'm sure they go through your car washes. And they're checking us out, right? They're saying, do I want to be in this business? And what does this car wash look like? You know, what does this, what does this particular car wash look like? What do I like about it? What do I don't like about it? Okay, so you could have been doing very well up to this point, but when competition shows up and it comes in close to you, that's where the rubber's gonna hit the road. And that's where you're gonna determine if you're really a vulnerable site or if you're going to withstand that particular pressure from competition. And so that goes back to day one, did you make a decision to run your washes as best as you can? Are you executing as best as you can? Does your place look like it's brand new? Does your place produce good, clean, shiny, dry cars? Are your employees taking care of your customers? Okay, those are the conscious decisions that you made. So I will tell you, and I've, I've kind of experienced this a little bit, right? When competition came into me, I, I, I took about two weeks and I was mad. I was frustrated. I was, you know, whatever. I just, I took about two weeks and I said, okay, what do I need to do to counteract that? So I decided to put my frustration into action. And what I've been able to find, if you consider yourself a pretty decent site, you're still going to lose some volume probably, right? When competition comes within three miles, no matter how good you are, you're going to see a drop in volume. And what I've typically heard from people is you're going to see probably a 10 to 20% drop initially in your volume. If you're a good site, then you could see up to about 40% drop in volume if you're a vulnerable site, right? And we've all seen those vulnerable sites. I, I don't have to describe what they are. We probably have seen them as we've kind of drove around and looked at particular car washes. If you're a good site, you'll probably get that volume back in two or three years. Now, the very first site I built in Colorado Springs, and I don't know what I was doing, but I put it from about a mile from another car wash that I think wasn't running very well. We did very well, they took a hit. But in two or three years, they got their act turned around and they saw their volume start to increase over time. So if you're good, it's gonna be a temporary situation and you'll start seeing your volumes come back. If you're not good and you're considered a vulnerable site for whatever reason, you know, you're gonna take a hit and it's gonna be very difficult for you to, to recover from that. So let's talk about what you need to do. So you need, would you all agree that progress comes from the truth? Would you guys agree from that? So you need to know what the truth is. And some of us are kind of blind to our situation with our particular washes. So you need to get a, a friend or mentor, uh, somebody that you trust in the car wash industry. It could be your chemical distributor, if it is, but you need to get an honest, accurate assessment of your operation. Because every day we're in that operation, we're gonna miss things that maybe, you know, we think is normal, somebody else doesn't think is normal. I rely very heavily on friends, I rely heavily on my chemical distributors, and I rely on other people in the car wash industry to give me an honest assessment of how we're doing. Because I want that feedback. I wanna know how, how does this look, how are we doing, and what can we be doing better. So you've gotta get somebody that you trust and that you like and get them to take an honest assessment of your particular um, car wash. Then you gotta decide, can it be fixed, right? If you picked a bad location, can that be fixed? If you don't have good accessibility, can that be fixed? 
you know. And if not, then you're going to have to either decide to live with the consequences, or it might be time to, you know, go, go, go find some other sites and sell this particular one. You know, selling a car wash isn't necessarily a bad thing. A lot of people out there buying car washes right now, and you might decide to go ahead and take money off the table and go, go build somewhere else. You can take an aggressive approach to competition if you decide to. Now, this has actually happened before where a particular operator was finding out a car wash was getting built within a mile of their car wash. They went to the city council meeting and complained how bad car washing was for the environment, how it's going to create bad traffic. This is the worst thing you, can, you could ever get, get put in. This is in front of the city council. And guess what? The city council voted it down. All right. Now, I'm, I was a little embarrassed for the guy that actually did that, but he was able to get that car wash stopped. So that's a very aggressive approach. I've heard of car wash operators going to the new car wash operator and say, if you build right next to here, I'm going to give away free car washes for the next three years, and you're not going to make a dime. Okay? Very aggressive approach, probably not the one I would recommend, but it's a way to take a, take a look at that. The other thing I would say, if you feel like you're going to see a dip in volume, Take a look at your pricing. Take a look at your pricing. It might actually be counterintuitive, but it might be time for you to raise your pricing. All right? And because you're going to already go, go ahead and already see a dip in volume, and raising prices, I think, I believe, doesn't necessarily affect volume as much as we think it does. So it may, might be time to raise your base price and maybe add a few packages to that. Okay. The other thing I would say is be the guy that makes it hard for somebody to want to build next to. Be the guy that's hard for somebody to want to build next to. So run your operation well so that you can get people who are smart enough, right? The stupid money, you're not, you're not, you're not going to change their mind. Institutional guys, it's going to be very difficult, right? Because they've got a plan that they've got to build 20 car washes in the next year. We all know the most difficult part of this business is site selection. And so they're going to be picking sites that maybe you might have passed on originally, and they're going to go ahead and build on. So there's, you're not going to stop these type of people, but you want to make it really difficult by looking at your operation to say, you know what, I don't think I want to put it next to this guy. I think I'm going to go down the road. And I've actually had that as, as, as an experience. I've had some, uh, you know, people have told me that some distributors have said, they're, you know, people have been looking at land next to you or within a mile or two, and it was actually recommended hey, I wouldn't put in next to this guy, he's a good operator. That was the greatest compliment I think I could have ever got. So that, that, was, that, was, that was pretty good. So be, be the guy that makes it difficult for competition to be put in next to you. And then remember, it gets all about execution. It's all about execution. Can you execute better than that other guy? If it's a guy who's gonna be a passive investor, right? he's not gonna be on site too much, he thinks this is easy money, he's not gonna be taking a look at his operation, maybe the way same you do, you know, are you reinvesting in your car wash? That's a big question. So that's the one degree of difference that we talked about. You might have decided one year to take vacation with that profit money instead of putting it in a maintenance reserve fund to replace your equipment later down the line. If you keep making those little decisions, it adds up. I will reinvest between 10 and 15% of my profits into a maintenance reserve account that I hold on to, so when I need to make a big decision to buy equipment, it doesn't hurt me that much. Doesn't hurt me, right? So get a war chest of money built up, put it away, so when you need to make investments in your business, 
you've got the money to do it, and it's very easy to do. Our bank actually requires us to, to put money in a maintenance reserve account, but it's not that much money. It's only maybe one half of 1% of, of, of the profit that we make, which isn't very much. But I put in a lot of money because if I need to make decisions quickly, I can do so, and I don't have to go borrow money, and I feel pretty good about it. So decide what level of money of profits you want to put back in a reserve account to allow you to upgrade your wash when you need to. All right, so execution is important. This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Whether you are a new investor or a seasoned operator looking to make improvements, the experienced team at Focus can help you every step of the way. For more information, please go to FocusedCarWash.com. Has anybody ever read the book, Art of War? Okay, there was a saying in there that says, a mediocre plan violently executed is better than a superior plan poorly executed. So execution is the key. Do it better, do it, every, do it better every day, find the one or 2% difference in how you run your business and the other guy, and you'll be able to put yourself back in, in a competitive advantage position. All right. So that's what you can do. Now I want to think about what you can think about, okay? Things are changing in our industry. Things are changing in our industry at a very fast pace. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with vehicle technology in the next five or 10 years. And it's a big, big issue. And, then, and so we've got to be able to think about, you know, our industry is going to change at a much more rapid pace. There's a term called creative destruction. Has anyone ever heard of that term? Entire industries, are changing because of what technology is doing. Would you like to be a taxi driver today or would you rather be an Uber driver? Well, think about the taxi industry and how much that's changed. The guys in New York were paying for a medallion. You see those little medallions on the hood of their car that are stamped in there that says they're an authorized taxi dealer? Do you know how much those things cost? They're over a million dollars to buy a medallion to be a taxi driver in New York. Now, Uber came along, right? And you just have a car, a telephone, and a willingness to talk to people. And it's, it's, it's revolutionizing the transportation industry in a lot of cities. That creative destruction of industries is coming at a faster and faster and faster rate, right? So we're gonna have to prepare ourselves and be able to pivot very quickly and change our business model if, that, if, if, if conditions warrant that. Right? You see GM and Ford is going to get into the shared car service business. What's that going to do? Right? Autonomous vehicles. What's autonomous vehicles going to do to our industry in the next five or ten years? Now, you guys are here on a Sunday afternoon. I'm, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you guys are here on a Sunday afternoon because you care about your business, you care about your industry, and you want to do the right thing. Right? It's the other guys that are not here. It's the guys that never go to trade association shows. It's the guys that never do education they're gonna find themselves in a very difficult situation very, very quickly, all right? The other thing I want you to think about is you're in the pole position. So if a car wash builds two or three miles down, how many customers does a brand new car wash have at the time of opening? Zero. How many customers do you have? Probably tens of thousands of customers. What do you do, does, it, does everybody have a favorite restaurant? 
like to go to? Got a favorite restaurant, you take your wife there, you know, it's, it's, it's predictable, right? You like it, you love the staff, the food's good. New restaurant opens down the street, what, what do you say, oh, let's go try that, let's go try that restaurant. When you're sitting in that restaurant, what are you thinking? Well, is the food as good as what? As our other restaurant, right? So although these people might drift away and go to that restaurant, they're always keeping you in the back of their mind. How does, how does my service, how does my experience compare with my favorite restaurant? You are in the pole position because you have all the customers and they have none of the customers, right? So take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. Now, saying that, that car wash might be more convenient to that person. They might live right next door and they might decide to switch, right? That's why I said you're gonna probably lose some customers. My financial planner, who has all my money, and I trust this guy, you know, I trust my wife and my financial planner just right underneath there, right? That guy goes to another car wash in town because it's more convenient. I can't talk him into driving the extra three miles to come to my car wash. And that's what's gonna happen, right? People are gonna pick, for different reasons, they might go to the competition, but make it very, very difficult for them to be able to do so. Okay, other thing I want you to think about from a mindset standpoint. Could competition be a good thing for you? Could it be a good thing for you? It could actually be a good thing for you. I promise you, if I wasn't paranoid and I wasn't always thinking about competition, I probably would not be investing money back into my business, right? I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing if I didn't have competition or the threat of competition. So competition can make you better. And that's the mindset shift I want you to think about, right? Competition could be a good thing. There's a town in Colorado, had a full service car wash for years that was doing mediocre. Somebody literally across the street built a 225 foot tunnel. And this thing is cranking out cars like you can't imagine. What did it do to that car wash? Well, the guy kind of woke up, made a few improvements. That car wash is doing great. And actually this car wash is doing better, right? because of competition. Sometimes there's a network effect by having car washes close together. We just need to get people out washing their cars more often. And I saw that situation happen in this town in Colorado Springs. So think about maybe competition might be good. It might be actually be a good thing, right? So what if you get stuck? What if you get stuck in this whole process? There's a concept called brainstorming, right? So think about it. Every crazy idea that you ever had that you said might not be a good idea, Write it down, so get with your team and get with your staff. Hey, we're gonna stay open 24 hours a day. We're gonna wash cars between midnight and 6, 6 a.m. only. We're gonna be closed four days a week. Write down the craziest ideas you can think of, ones you automatically would dismiss. Then go back and look at each one of those and say, what out of this crazy idea could I pull out of this? And you'd be surprised how many new ideas you might get by doing this crazy brainstorming exercise. Here's an example of that. If, you, if I had asked you to raise your price, your base price, double your base, base price, and do no advertising, what would you do differently in your business as a result of that? Okay, you might not raise your base price or double it, but what it does is it pr produces an interesting thought exercise about what maybe you might add as a result of that. Okay, that, 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 that's an example that I think I want you to go through. So 
Think of every crazy idea out there, whether it's even feasible or not, write it down, and from that, see what you can extract from it, because those are where new ideas might come from. The other thing I will tell you is, you know, we're really kind of moving into some exciting times. So uh, I listened to an individual called Peter Diamantes. He's the chairman of the X Prize. Do you remember the X Prize that sent the rocket up, you know, did that? They, they paid, it was a $20 million prize they put together for the first person that could launch a rocket, have it land, and launch back within three days. This guy's a futurist. This guy's very excited about the future. And I want you to be excited about the future, too. There's some exciting things coming technologically, I think, is going to revolutionize our industry. The use of sensor technology is something that's very exciting, right? We're going to see sensors do things that they've never done before. Cars are going to be coming with sensors on them that are going to be doing some fantastic things. We're going to be able to use sensor technology in the car wash tunnel that's going to make it a much safer experience for our customers. So sensor technology is one. The other one is artificial intelligence. I don't know if you've been following what's going on with artificial intelligence. But there's billions of dollars being poured into artificial intelligence that's going to make automatic decisions for us and for our businesses, right? So the use of artificial intelligence could actually sense what's going on with the car in the tunnel and then make decisions and send information to our tunnel controllers to turn off certain pieces of equipment and not. So we're going to start seeing a lot more in the next five years with artificial intelligence. The other thing is virtual reality. You know, we might not get together in 10 years. We might have a virtual reality trade show where everybody puts on their virtual reality glasses and we're actually communicating like we are. We're sitting around tables like this. We're looking at each other and we're talking with each other. You know, you're going to get the ability to be able to train a car wash employee in virtual reality, right? We typically throw them in the tunnel within the first two days. But virtual reality will let them see the entire tunnel, watch it working, and they can actually practice loading cars with virtual reality goggles and they can train themselves in the first couple weeks and then get them in the tunnel, they're ready to go. There's some really exciting things coming out right now with virtual technology and companies like Google and Microsoft and a lot of these companies are working on that, those, and they're pouring billions of dollars into these types of technologies that's gonna revolutionize the way we run our car washes, right? But they're only gonna do so if you're ready for them. So be ready for them, be ready to make changes when you need to and pivot or you feel like you might to. Your business might not look the same it looks today five or ten years from now. And you've got to be willing to make those particular changes that are necessary in order to be competitive and to thrive. All right? <clears throat> There's a poet I want to quote real quick. and um, It was a poet um, from the last century and uh, goes by the name of Rose. And, and uh, this particular poet has really helped me out, you know, in my life when I kind of face trials. And I, I've got a book here I want to recommend to everybody called The Obstacle is the Way. It's, 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 I like to give out books for knowledge purposes, so this is a great book I want you to be able to get. It's by Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way. Is anybody really struggling right now, need, need one? Anybody need a book? I'm giving it away. Who'd like it? All right. I've got two, so I'll give you one as well. All right, great book, but it talks about how to take adversity, right? To take adversity and make it your advantage. And uh, he does a great job with that. But this particular poem, uh, written by somebody named Rose, and I, I kind of get emotional when I read this, so just kind of bear with me a little bit. It starts off, ooh, ooh, you might never get rich, but let me tell you, it's better than digging a ditch. There ain't no telling who you might meet. A movie star 
or even an Indian chief at the car wash. Working at the car wash, girl. Come on and sing it with me. Car wash. Sing it with feeling, y'all. Car wash, girl. Ooh. And there, there, there's a line here that really touches me. I want to read that. Let me tell you, you, it's always cool. And the boss don't mind sometimes if you act the fool. Okay, I'm kind of making fun of this here. That's the car wash song, right? Now, I want to point out something. This is going to scare some of you. That was the number 12 song on the top 40 hits this week, 40 years ago. 40 years ago. So that song's been around for 40 years. Think about what the car wash industry was 40 years ago and how different it is, it is today. Right? But think, it's going to change, guys, and it's going to change quickly. And competition is just one part of that. It's just one part of that. All right? Terrific. I, I've got a couple things I want to say to you real quick. There's cards on your table. Uh, my, uh, a friend of mine and I have started, did anyone like podcasting? Anyone listen to podcasts? We've started a car wash podcast called The How of Car Washing. And we're going to just talk about topics and you know, different subjects about operating a car wash. We're going to talk to vendors and different things like that. So there's a card in your table if you'd like it. We'd love for you to sign up, take a listen, you know, leave a review on iTunes if you do that. So it's kind of a fun experiment we're going to, going to be doing for a while. It's called The How of Car Washing. It's the only, I think it's the only car wash podcast right now out there. So take a listen to that. I appreciate it. And uh, does anyone have any questions? Who's the other person? Uh, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. He's a, he's a guy. We, we actually started another podcast last year called The How of Business, which talks about small business ownership. We've got about 85 episodes of that. And here, we just started this a couple weeks ago. We got like f maybe four or five episodes out. So. Yeah, you know what? So we've uh, so I'm, I'm I'm with the International Car Wash Association. We've hired a consultant to start looking at emerging technologies, including autonomous vehicles, because it's a big question we all have. I talked to him last year. I asked him about this very question. He is pretty bullish that he's going to see passenger miles go up as opposed to go down. So we're going to be driving more. And if you think about this, how much easier is it going to be for us to send a car to Kroger's and go pick up groceries for us if we're not in it, right? So we're going to command cars to go pick things up and bring them to us. They're going to be running errands for us. They're going to be taking our kids around, right? So, so no longer is there an age problem with kids getting in cars because these autonomous cars are going to be taking our kids where they need to go. Plus people that don't have cars, right, people that can't drive anymore, that are older, that get their driver's license taken away are going to be driving. So they can see passenger miles go up. The question that we're trying to ask right now is, will car ownership go up or down, right? Because cars are a very underutilized asset. We probably only use them an hour or two a day, to be honest. So it's an asset that's very expensive and it's underutilized. So the question is, are there going to be less cars on the road or more cars? I think the jury is still out with that. But I will say, if, if an institution owns a car, 
like Ford, if they're going to own all the cars and we're just going to borrow them, right? You got to ask yourself at what level they're going to want to wash cars. I think you're going to see more cars. I think they're going to keep them cleaner, but they're probably going to going to take a minimalist attitude toward washing them, which means they're they're going to get a basic wash. They're not going to be as interested in soaps and polishes and all the other things that we're able to sell our customers right now. It'll probably be a basic wash situation. You know, I think you're going to start seeing it in the next five or ten years. I think I think you're going to see that Tesla right now has autopilot, which will which will drive a car. You still got to be in the passenger, you know, the driver's seat, but it will actually drive the car. There are other technologies in in Japan that think that you're going to take over. You're going to drive on the highways. It's going to drive you on the highways and the main road, but you're going to take back the control of the vehicle on side streets and situations where. Um, maybe it's not as well mapped out, but all that artificial intelligence technology, sensor technologies, camera technologies, is all being embedded in vehicles, and that's where you're going to see a lot of this this improvement. Any other questions? All right, how do we do? Oh wow, went a whole. Did we go a whole hour? Man, oh man. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the How of Car Washing. And thanks to our show sponsor, Focused Car Wash Solutions. Please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening to the How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.